you know, I was I used to be terrible at it. Yeah, but <laughs> I was the same as them. Hey, everyone, Mike and I just riffing and talking about focus. Yeah, exactly. What's up, everybody? Welcome to an episode, another episode, Kings and Priests. We yeah. were just chatting before we hit record um, about all the crazy stuff happening. It's been a couple weeks since we've recorded, but it's not because we haven't been working. No. It's because we have been working. <laughs> it's Very hard. Very uh, hard. But it's good stuff, though. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, getting ideas is not the hard bit. Like, you know, making plans is not the hard bit. It's execution mm -hmm. is the hard bit. And yep. it requires so much focus. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's just how it is, you know? It's, it's almost like, and we're just jumping into this, so this is great. But it's something I've been thinking a lot about, especially the, couple, the last couple of weeks. It's almost like when you get momentum in something, you kind of have to just put your head down and just chase it, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And not get distracted. Like, it's, it's just weird. It's weird being a business, like a young business, and all of a sudden over the course of probably a month, just this like momentum train has started, yeah. which can either make you easily distracted yeah. or like, does that make sense? So that's like yep. what I'm trying to sort through right now is like. You've spent a year. So the rocket ship is the best analogy. And I, I go and watch all of Elon's rocket launches mm -hmm. right on, mm -hmm. on YouTube. Mm -hmm. The fuel that it takes to get that thing in the air, mm -hmm. right? And that's like the first year or two of your, of your business, mm -hmm. focusing on pretty much one thing. Mm -hmm. And then once you get momentum going, then you can take, I like to do one big initiative a quarter. Like, what are we going to do this quarter? And let's, team, let's like, put all that yep. energy into getting. And then once the thing goes, it requires, you know, you've got to keep an eye on it. And if it's software, yeah. you've got to make sure the bugs are got, not there. And, you know, you want to be adding features, but it's like getting the thing off the ground is all the energy and it re mm -hmm. requires massive amount of focus, which yep. is like launching a rocket. So, you know, mm -hmm. no yep. it's crazy. It's crazy. Okay. So I want to jump into this Bill Gurley article, but it's, I had the most insane thing happen to me last night and I just have to tell somebody. <laughs> so the, uh, man okay so we have this couple over for dinner and we're cooking and like my wife gets home late from work they're showing up i'm like cut you know the whole thing it's just pure chaos kid running around yep. trying to cook dinner and without Thank thinking you. about it i am slicing a jalapeno right yep. and slicing jalapeno for the dinner whatever <laughs> later let's say 20 minutes later um, we're sitting there eating and i start go to scratch my eye because it's itchy. With jalapeno juice? Dude, I'm not kidding you. It's the top three or four worst pain yeah. I've ever been in my entire life. Right. And I'm sitting there, so I'm wearing my glasses today because I tried to put my contact in this morning and my eye just went crazy. I'm telling you, I was like, like I almost felt like I was going to pass out. The pain yeah. was so bad. I'm Googling. I'm Literally, we have these poor people over for dinner and they're just like staring at me like this dude is crazy. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like rubbing olive oil because I'm, I'm like looking at articles online. What to do if you have jalapeno juice in your eye? I'm literally dumping olive oil in my eye and then milk in my eye. I was going to say milk. Like, it was like, uh, when I awesome. tell you it was probably the worst pain I've ever been in in my life. It was the worst pain. And it, uh, mixed with the embarrassment of being a grown man running around my house. Oh, dude. Like in speaking of embarrassment, you and I were in Nashville last week. <laughs> Tighten up a little, some business hustle. Yep. And I started a nosebleed 
Yeah. Like, that was like of epic proportion. I had one earlier in the day visiting my grandkids, mm-hmm. and I literally disappeared for an hour into the bathroom. <laughs> and I'm plugging up stuff, and, and then I'm sitting there at dinner, and it's like, because I can feel them coming, and it's always yeah. the left nostril. And I'm like, oh, man. Oh, no. Oh, I think it's going to bleed. And then it's like, bam. And they're we're like gushing. So I'm at the table trying to fix it. Yeah. And finally, like, I, this Barney's like, Dad, go to the bathroom. Just go. And I was like 20 minutes in there. And there's people coming in the bathroom. And every time you plug up your nose, which I found mm-hmm. out letting mm-hmm. do, it brings like a, a oh, clock. Right. And it's like that is so, hilarious, man. It was like I remember one time I was a, I was at a bar with your son Jake, and he, I don't even remember how it happened. He knocked over the glass of beer that he was drinking, and it that's sliced, strange. it sliced the side of his hand, and just was just like everyone in the bar it was just like, yeah. "Are you okay?" Anyway, oh yeah, too- no, Jake is the king of knocking stuff over on tables. When he was a kid, every, you could guarantee. Just about every meal, there was a period of over like six months, the milk mm-hmm. was off the something's, table. Something's just going all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. So, okay, so much so much has happened since we last did an episode. Um, we were sort of like in this weird bounce in the economy. Since then, that has just all continued. I think we hit new lows last week. Uh, yeah, then then Monday, Tuesday, like up 6%, like 3% each day. I'm yeah. going to sit down a bit today, but yeah, you know, mm-hmm. up and down. Yeah, you've got like the Russia and Ukraine thing seeming to escalate. You've Escalating. Got thing happening with North Korea and Japan possibly yeah. or or something that I saw. It's 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 fully uh it's fully crazy. Elon has decided he now does want to buy Twitter, which is yeah. which is so funny because it's like a, a report came out today that he'd been trying to negotiate. I think he's buying at a $54 per share stock price. He was trying to negotiate it down into the 30s. Twitter wasn't budging. He does this lawsuit. All these machinations get leaked. And then all of a sudden, you know. Um, oh, boy. So, yeah. You know, right. So, I, so, so much has been, so much has been happening. Um, but there's this article that I, I swear I've been sent it by 15 or 20 different people. So it must be making the rounds, but it is this conversation that McKinsey had with Bill Gurley. Bill Gurley yep. obviously is the Guru. kind of famous venture capitalist, most made famous for Uber, but um, has mm-hmm. been a part of so many different companies. Um, but I just wanted to talk briefly kind of about this idea. Uh, and he essentially says, if you're going to build something from scratch, this might be as good a time as in any time over the last decade, mm-hmm. um, which is something we've we've talked about, um, mm-hmm. but I wanted to talk about it more um, and maybe talk about why we think that, like why we think that is. And so he's essentially he kind of talks about obviously the economic environment that we're in um, and all this kind of stuff. But his big thing is that he really does think that for solid companies right now is the best time in the last decade to build mm-hmm. something from scratch um what are your thoughts on that i guess just big picture yeah initially and my general thought it's always a good time to start a business but i agree in the sense that one of the things that is happening in technology is labor costs have been so astronomically high mm-hmm. so you know we employ probably 60 engineers and they literally get, get offers for double. <laughs> like, and we pay them really good. Yep. And they're living in the Midwest somewhere. They're working from mm-hmm. home. 
yeah. making like big six-figure money and they get offers for double, right? So that's that's the last five years. Uh, is that and is that just because there was supply and demand? Sort of like the, the yes, the the market had been set for a developer, and it was basic. You just all these companies that had cash needed to spend the cash, needed to build mm-hmm. products, and so it mm-hmm. was just like yeah. essentially do whatever you do to get do whatever you got to do to get people in the door. Yeah, so it's simple supply yeah. and demand. Like mm-hmm. the acceleration mm-hmm. of software in the last ten years um, is is been and the, and the the schooling. Like it's such a waste. All these people got out these school loans to get degrees that are useless. And if you know, and not everyone has an aptitude to go and become an engineer. It's actually very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't do it. But yeah, you know, if you're basic, got a math brain, and you can go and learn, it is. So anyway, but that has stopped, right? So the reason, one of the reasons, it's a good time to start a business is that cost of labor is is going down. Minimum that's stabilized, and so there's layoffs. All the big five are laying off now. Yep. Right. Um, or they're they're doing you know kind of like a gentleman's layoff. They're just not rehiring. Apple's like you're coming into the office. You know, a thousand people leave. They're like, no. I problem. have seen that. Yeah. Apple said, right. okay, three days a week. You got to come in. If you don't, you yeah. Leave. Okay. Yeah. We're gonna go ahead and right. So and so what what's happening is engineering talent is getting back on the market and. So, and it's, that's going to cost less. So that's one reason, right? The other reason probably is that if you can get traction with a product in a down market, like if you can win in a down market, you will explode in an up market. Mm-hmm. Everything grows in an up market. Only good mm-hmm. products and services do well in down markets. Right. So if you can launch in a down market, you're like, you know, and do all the things we talk about, bootstrap your way through it, watch your costs. Like get traction, and keep yourself alive. Yep. Mm-hmm. Keep yourself alive and get customers and like keep kind of growing your revenue bit by bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when the economy will turn and, you know, soft landing, hard landing, recession, little mild recession right. next year, who knows? It's going to be something. You get through the next 18 months uh, and you've got a product and you've got customers. When things turn around, you're in mm-hmm. a great position. Yeah. Yeah, part of what he talks about in this article is the shock to the system. And this isn't maybe necessarily as relevant of an application for people listening to this podcast, but in some ways it kind of is, right? So the, this guy asked Bill Gilly the question of like all these startup founders who have seen their, because of the valuations of their company having been so high <laughs> that are now not so high. So he uses the example of, low. of founders he knows whose net worth 12 months ago on paper was 150 million. That mm-hmm. 150 million is now back down to 15 million. And now these founders are essentially having to reset the playing field, manage and build their companies while at the same time having seen the value of everything they've built astronomically go down. But he makes a statement. He says, you've got to play the game on the field. If everything is reset, it is reset. The sooner you get in touch with that, the better you'll do. That's just pragmatic. I thought that was really interesting, which obviously for me or people listening to this podcast, my net worth has not gone from 150 million to 50 million, (laughs) but- the playing field has changed. And so right. I think that is the unique thing too, right? Is people being yeah. able to recognize we're in a different place than we were 12 months ago. Right. I can't change that. There's nothing I can do about it. Correct. And so what I have to do is figure out how to play the game that's being played. Um, yeah. Why do you think that's hard for people sometimes on, on a big scale, but also people who are just starting out, even employees sometimes, right? It's very difficult right. for us to just like have a mindset shift yeah. of, yeah. 
wow, totally. the, the environment has changed. And so the way that I play has to change. I think entrepreneurs by nature are fairly positive people. So they're the glass is always half full mm-hmm. and we're the last to probably see the facts in reality because we're believing we're so missional, right? Mm-hmm. That's why you need a CFO who's none of that. <laughs> right. You need, a, <laughs> you need a cynical, like the sky is falling, you know, num- numbers are like, mm-hmm. you know, real CFO, right? Or right. someone doing your finances. So right. you know, as the leader, the entrepreneur, you can't be that person. That's hard to follow that, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, in being inspirational and, and you know, driving forward. So I think, I think just by nature, entrepreneurs are positive people as they should be. Right. But that just teaches you that you've got to surround yourself with people who are differently gifted to be able to point things out. And I'm, I've been very fortunate, like in my current situation, in ministry, in any, mm-hmm. like I had wonderful, you know, really like finance people that could forecast and, and right. you know, do that. So that's probably one bit. But like, to, you know, talk about like in a downturn, look what, and people are going to find out, you know, what's happening in vast, right? Like right. what you're building yep. here. Um, like, you, you know, you're making a lot of traction and mm-hmm. it's behind the scenes at the moment in a, mm-hmm. you know, in a tough market. Right. Right. And, right. and so like, that's the, that's the thing. Like mm-hmm. vast is living this and, you know, I get to right. watch it. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it's, you know, it's really cool. Right. You know, like you want to get to half a million CPMs or a million mm-hmm. CPMs, right. Like mm-hmm. or next year or whatever it is, it's mm-hmm. like, and you're doing, you're building this thing in, in a pretty tough environment. Yeah. Um, and so that's, it, it, it can be done. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's attitude and grit and hard mm-hmm. work and, you know, you get a break, right. Mm-hmm. You, all the hard work leads to, you know, I don't think there's, you know, and as people of faith, you know, we're going to take steps of faith every day and yep. we're going to expect God to do things that may have not happened unless we'd stepped down in faith and we, mm-hmm. we collided with a miracle, right. you know, mm-hmm. it's like the miracle, the miracle comes, but it, it's so much you have to collide into the miracle yeah. by moving. <laughs> and it's like the miracle's over. It's like, oh, and the miracle is, oh, I met that guy or, yep. you know, I spoke to that person or mm-hmm. that one, that one, that guy connected me with this one. And I'm just mm-hmm. colliding into these yep. like opportunities because yep. I'm going, I'm going somewhere. It's, it's so funny you say that. And it's so true. And like for people listening, we're, we're honestly not trying to be like coy and like what's going on with fast, no. but it is, but if you were to have asked me a year ago, who are the people you're going to be working with? What are the kinds of things you're going to be doing? I basically would have probably told you, oh, this, not only would this be best case scenario, but it actually probably wouldn't even be possible. Right. Um, And it literally is going like, oh, wow. I mean, there's kind of no reason that the stuff that's happening is happening other than the fact of me literally just going, all right, if we're going to do this, let's swing for the fences and see what happens. And God, you're either going to do it or you don't. Yep. And just kind of go go with it. So I think I think that's the beautiful thing about faith being a person of faith in a downturn like this, especially if your company is mission driven, meaning you just believe what it exists to do. Not necessarily like uh yeah, I mean with Vast, it's like we think it's a great business, but we also just yeah. believe it has it has to exist in the world. Oh. And so when you get around people who believe it has to exist, that just means like in an up market, in a down market, whether we're seeing crazy money coming in now or we're going to mm-hmm. set ourselves up to see money coming in 18 months from now, whatever that might be, yeah. it's going, um, we understand the game that we're playing, but we also understand that we're people of faith. And so we can kind of rise to a, a higher level. Um, Absolutely. 
yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Um, have you, so have you seen the sentiment? I, I guess that's a big thing I'm trying to look at now is like sentiment changing, right? So mm-hmm. the economy has changed in the startup world. Things have changed. You're obviously in a place where you're talking to a lot of founders and you're operating. I mean, you've got employee like layers of it. Have you seen, have you seen people's sentiment change or do you feel like people are going, I, I don't know. I think, I think most people's idea in a moment like this, like batten down the hatches, stay safe. Yeah. When they're talking about, about it, you yeah, want to be prudent right. and you know, but yeah. there's also kind of this, okay, now is the time to swing for the fences and take some big risks. Yeah. Right? Look, it's balancing all, those two out. Yeah. You're, you know, there's times to make the swing. There's times to, you know, bunt, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, in cricket, like over the fence is six runs, or do you just pop one in the in the outfield and take a single? Right, right. So I mean, baseball, like some, you gotta you dealt the ball you dealt with, mm-hmm. right? And I'm here, and I'm like, oh, if I do this wrong, I'm out. Mm-hmm. If it's in the slot, I go for it, or maybe I just bunt it and you know take a single. Yep. It's like that in business. You have to know when to swing. You have to know when to not swing. You know have, when to let the ball go. Mm-hmm. Like literally, like you know, I'm going to pass on that, and it yeah. could be a good opportunity. It might not be. So that's just you know, we've 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 been gifted to you know, there's a a spiritual gift called discernment. Yeah, and and you, <laughs> I, you know, I find myself using that more and more in in a mm-hmm. business setting. I'm trying to I'm trying to discern, and like so, I I use I calculate the you know the best case, and like look at the positive and the negative if i do that what does that mm-hmm. do and i play a little chess game in my head and mm-hmm. and then i go oh, i don't really want to be there so then i gotta right. go back in my head and i play another chess game go that way oh yeah this is where i want to be mm-hmm. right um mm-hmm. but it's just at, at points i just say god can you just help me with this like mm-hmm. yeah you and i'm not looking for signs and this and that i'm just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm not looking for yeah i'm just i'm just looking for peace mm-hmm. in a decision mm-hmm having weighed all my options. Yeah. And even if it's a decision that's a little not uh, instinctive or intuitive, like, I, but I've worked out that's the way I should go. Mm-hmm. Like God is, you know, just give me peace on this and I'll, yep. I'll do it. Well, it's so like, I find it, it a lot. Yeah. It's, well, it's exactly, it's like, you know, the all in guys talk about, you know, the difference between playing roulette and playing poker, right? Like mm-hmm. we're not playing roulette, we're playing poker, which I love poker. Poker is like, you are cons- you're constantly putting trying to put the pieces together. You're constantly yeah. trying to figure out where you are, where everybody else is. But at the end of the day, there's a there's five percent of the game that's going to be complete feel, yeah. and you just you go with. But but you can't get that feel right unless you've unless you've kind of done all the practical work that yeah. you've done right. So it's it's kind of both, you know. Unless you're Jake. Who wins the last hand every time? Just just because he gets bored and decides he gets bored and he goes all in, and we don't know if he's bluffing or not. He's always bluffing, and he exactly. and then we do the like the fold the cards over, and he wins. Yeah, every time. exactly. Um, okay, so so talking about and this is like kind of my last question. So talking about wisdom and discernment, I think one of the things that I've and part of this podcast is just kind of us talking about what's going on in the real time in our lives. Right. But one thing that I've been noticing is the momentum in relationships. And when you meet people and when you start to work on things with people, sometimes there's just this weird synergy that feels super just natural. Right. So you have, 
and I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but your kind of executive team at Tidely would still be the people that pretty much were there from the earliest of days. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Um, which I would assume that's because there is this natural <laughs> yep. synergy. Like, yep. so I think when it comes to relationships, that's a huge thing, right? H how have yeah. you, like, what's your, I, I don't know, like, what does that look like for you when you're sitting down yeah. with someone or you have a dinner or you're talking about stuff and you go, man, there's something special here yeah. that just naturally works. Like, what are some of those signs? I'm a highly relational leader mm -hmm. and that is not always the case. Mm -hmm. I have to work with people who, who I'm close with, right? who I care. I have to care about their families. I want to know about their children. Mm -hmm. I want to know, you know, what's going on in their world, what makes them tick. I, I can't lead a team where I'm not invested mm -hmm. in, in a personal way. Right. Now, some people say that that's absolutely wrong. And, but I'm just not built the other way to be. Yep cold, hard, robotic decision-making, yep. like, yes, you're in, you're out. No, like I care about the people I work with. Mm -hmm. And so I want to do it with people I enjoy. We're all going to work hard together. We're all going to climb some mountains. We're all going to fall off some cliffs and that need mm -hmm. rescuing. And mm -hmm. like, I just want to do that with people I enjoy being around. So that's yep. my style. I, mm -hmm. you know, I had to do a, <laughs> a personality test for something recently. And I'm the same guy I was 30 years ago. Yeah, strong yeah. leader competitive but likes to have fun yeah <laughs> that's just who you get with me so mm -hmm. and you know i've never deleted anyone out of my contacts mm -hmm. you know i've probably got half a dozen people that i i don't talk to anymore because of situations that have happened but i'd never not i'd never like delete people you right. know I, I i just think relationships are too important to mm -hmm. you know to Somebody like just get them out of their phone. Like I still scroll my my phone contact list is kind of my prayer list. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so what to do? And like I got this, you know, thousands in there. But sometimes when I'm just kind of flicking through my contacts yep. and I see a name that I haven't talked to for a long time, or you know, we we just kind of went different directions and we don't cross paths anymore. I'll either reach out and send them a text, say, "Hey, thinking about you, man. Praying. Hope everything's mm. good." We'll just pray for them, you know. Yeah, um, that's great. The, my contact list is my prayer list, you know, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and then you know how you make your favorites, right, on your on mm -hmm. the front. Mm -hmm. I, those are the ones I pray for the most, yep. right? Because those people are in my life, and I call them all the mm -hmm. time. So yeah, I, look, I just I have to be have great relationships, you know. Yeah. And then that's what makes the thing really work. The right. people doing things together. Here are my gifts. You put all your gifts in. Let's go and use that, and uh, we'll get some stuff done. And that's how, yeah. that's how I do it. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I, I'm the same way. I cannot imagine spending the amount of time because it's hard. You fight yeah. battles, like, and to yeah. to do that with people that you have no relational connection to is yeah. uh, no. honestly, I'd just rather not do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And relationships are everything. Cool. Anything else, man? Before we uh, before we jump off, like any what, no, anything going on? How you played any golf or what? No, I haven't. I'm working too hard. I'm, I'm going to play mm -hmm. on the weekend, but um, live golf in Bangkok this week. That's right. So mm -hmm. looking forward to that. Um, mm -hmm. And man, it's like it's it gets a busy time of year for us on on our side. You know, yep. like you know, it's funny. <laughs> we watch our giving. We see it in real time. And on the last day of the year, it just is going like skyrocketing because people right. in America are trying to get their gifts in for tax purposes, yep. and so. Yeah, we're all, we've got a big, big golfer 
you know, the fourth quarter this year. And uh, so it's busy. It's good. You know, going to be in LA, you know, in and out over the next few cool. months too, which is great. Um, see all you guys and see the yeah. fam there. It's good being in Nashville, seeing my new yeah. granddaughter for the first yeah. time. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, and yeah, man, just, you know, I'm, I feel like I keep saying this and it's true. I, I, I am, I want to be more productive in the next few years than the last 30. Yep. Like, and I think that's how it should be. Like, you, you know, it's the rocket analogy, right? I've yep. spent all these years building, you know, knowledge and wisdom around a few things. I'm not good at everything. I'm good at a couple of things, but that's all you need to be. Right. You don't need to be good at everything. Just be good at yeah. a couple of things and yeah. maybe be really good at one thing. Right. And I feel like, you know, God's got all, I'm just going to be so productive for the kingdom in the next, you know, few years. And uh, I wake up every day pumped about it. So, yeah, that's times. amazing. Yeah, I love that. Cool. All right. As usual, Dean, thank you. If you're listening, love you it. have an idea, you want to talk to us, you got questions, reach out, hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, we will see you back here next week. Talk to you soon. Love it. Love it.